as long as I can leave a positive imprint on the world, that's my idea of success. Like, let me leave my courage to the next generation. Let me leave that support system to the next generation. Let me be able to talk to somebody so they don't try to kill themselves because, you know, they were going through something. You know, like those, those to me are successes where I want to help that one person, but I want that one person to help the next person. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Patrick Cook. Welcome to Being. Being is a place where we gather to explore some of life's most difficult questions. What does it mean to lead a meaningful life? What does it mean to live a life of purpose or on purpose? How do we make sense of the world? Really what we're asking is, what the hell is going on? My intention with this podcast is to explore what it means to be human in the modern world through the lens of creativity, consciousness, and personal development. Through authentic conversations with a wide array of guests, including artists, intellectuals, scientists, visionaries, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders, Being ventures to make collective sense of an increasingly complex world with the unifying goal of building a sustainable future for all. As humanity continues to march full steam towards extinction, we can no longer afford to simply ask, what is best for me? The question now must become, what is best for me and the whole simultaneously. And so, dear audience, I want to inspire you to take full responsibility, to find your purpose, and to engage your evolution as a conscious agent. I challenge you to live your being. If you're enjoying the content, please do subscribe to the show and get a new episode delivered directly to your device every Friday. And as always, I love hearing from you. So please do rate and review the episode on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whichever platform you prefer. For show notes and more information, head on over to being-podcast.com. Now, on with the show. My guest today is Larni Mulvey. She is a Filipino-American power weightlifter, a women's strength advocate, author, and speaker and is the founder of the Global Standing and Strength Movement. Her 15 years working in the sports industry allowed her to experience the capabilities and to observe the perceptions of women's strength in sports. This experience emboldened Larnie to channel her voice in disrupting the narrative of the perception of women and their capabilities. Known as the Power Lady, she encourages and leads women to honor themselves and build a powerful legacy for future generations. Larnie Mulvey, welcome to being. Larnie Mulvey, welcome to Being. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. My pleasure. So one of the things I love about this podcast is I get to speak to and interview such diverse people. And so I'm really excited to, to drop in with you and hear about your journey. Uh, founder and CEO of Strong and Mighty and known as the Power Lady. This is so yes. awesome. <laughs> um I think we should just start at the beginning. Like, how have you arrived at this place? What has your journey been to arrive at this place here now? 
Sure, sure. So my journey pretty much began in like 1999. Um, I, it's almost like two paths that I took. So my first path um, in 1999, I, um, I was Filipino American growing up in America, trying to figure out where I stand, where I fit in. And fitness was really something that um, was something that has always been inside me. But as an Asian American, we weren't like, especially for females, we weren't allowed to play sports. Like my mm. parents did not allow me to play sports, but my dad actually knew how strong I was. So I was the one that was carrying the groceries, doing the lawn, like, like climbing the ladders to clean the gutters. So I was actually the yeah. ones that he's like, okay, you're going to do that. And then my sister's like, okay, just go clean the house or something, you know? Wait, so you're allowed to clean the gutters, but not play sports. Correct. Yeah. It's <laughs> wow. weird. And yeah, I, was, right? I, I was allowed to play with a, um, I helped him lay down the wood floors in our house. Wow. So I was actually able to play with the, uh air hammer or something like that. <laughs> so right. Like, psh, psh, psh. But um, yeah, it was like, that's like the start of this fitness journey. So like I dabbled into trying to be a bodybuilder. And um, when I looked into it, I realized that there were so many restrictions with eating. And me as a Filipino woman, I love to eat. I love all different <laughs> kinds of food. So I was like, okay, no, thanks. So when I started looking into like heavy weights, um, I was dating a guy at the time. Like he actually introduced me to like a, a, a strength gym and um, he like introduced me to all these weights. But then when I started lifting more than him, he told me not to lift weights. Oh, man. He was like, you know what? You're lifting more than me. Maybe, maybe you should tone it down. So it was like the whole confidence level was like, like this. And, and, yeah. and at that time, you know, I'm, I'm 44 going to 45 this year. So at that time, you know, I'm like trying to impress him and trying to mesh into something I wasn't really. Mm. And um, when he said that, oh, my gosh, my legs were cut off. And so like years and years pass. And then um, I still had that fire of like, I want to compete in something and I know how strong I am. You know what? I'm going to look into powerlifting. This was in 2019. I was like, you know what? I'm going to look into powerlifting and looked into a coach, found a coach, did my first, uh, it was March, 2019, did my first um, competition in November, 2019. And I was like, this is amazing. I love wow. this. It fits me really well, but the lessons within it, Oh my gosh, the lessons within powerlifting that I learned, it, it's really intertwined in my life. And that's where Strong and Mighty came from because mm. I, growing up, I was put in the corner, don't say anything, be quiet. So when I started getting into powerlifting, my coach now, I love him to death, but his lessons to teach me like my confidence, you know, he's like, Larnie, you have it in you. You mm. just need to believe in yourself more. And so like that kind of roller coastered into building this, um, the, the strong and mighty company, strong mind, able body, where your mind and your heart have to connect. Yes. When you're competing, it has to connect or you start second guessing yourself. You start the self doubt creeps in when you're standing on the platform and it all has to come together. So that um, this, my company came up, you know, like I started thinking about this company because I really wanted to empower other women yeah. to not be afraid. I mean, not just like being a physical strong woman, but like in your mind, you have to be yes. physically not. You have to like tell yourself that you can't be afraid 
to try something new, Mm. to ask a question, to apply for the job that you think you're not capable of, but just apply, see what happens. You know, it's always, we always like second guess ourselves. as a female, we're like told to like, you know, maybe you aren't good enough because you don't have this, but really we are strong enough if you teach us this. So (laughs) (laughs) there's, there is so, so much that I can dive into when it comes to this, but like, I, I really wholeheartedly believe in how, how strong women are and me, myself, you know, Somebody will ask me, like, you're you're 40 some years old. Why all of a sudden this? I'm like, well, physically, I don't want to be on a wheelchair when I'm 50. Mm, yeah. But mentally, I don't want to I don't want my mind in a wheelchair when I'm 50. Totally. <laughs> so that's where that whole power lady came from. Like I have a uh, one of my friends who has just started calling me the power lady because I use strength and power so much. Yeah. Just talking in general. And she's like, come on, power lady, you got this. So, so it stuck. So now I just kept calling myself that. I love it. And you just you just own it. And yes. That's the most beautiful part. Yes, I own Amazing. it. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of it, too. Like, I, I have no problem telling people my weight. I have no problem telling people my size number. I have no problem doing that because it's like, why? I have no reason to hide it. <laughs> I love it. I love your sense of empowerment. But like you said, that wasn't always the case for you, uh, no. especially growing up and your your parents were not supportive. Even your boyfriend wasn't supportive. So how did you sort of summon that courage, that trust in yourself to, to feel empowered and to, to trust that voice that you are good enough, you are strong enough to do anything you want? So the roller coaster ride of this, of the self-doubt and self-confidence, that happened throughout my whole life. Mm. And... <laughs> It's funny because this summoning of my of my true self mm. came from a bad relationship. Ah, oh, they're great teachers, aren't I they? I know, right? And <laughs> honestly, if I could, if I ever see this guy again, I want to. As much as I want to, in my mind, I hate him. I want to yeah. tell him thank you. Totally. Because he taught me that. You know, he told me he's like, you know what? Fuck you, Larney. And then I think, I think I was at the gym and he told me that. And then I got out of my car and I was just like, that's right, Larnie. Fuck you, Larnie. (laughs) That's where it kind of like, it like put that brick down, put that like strong brick down. And I'm like, and I built off that. I built off somebody telling me to fuck off. (laughs) Awesome. I love that. And, And now it's like, like I said, like if I were to meet him again, in the future life, I be like, thank you for teaching me how much worthy I am. Mm. Even though you and I didn't work out and it turned out really bad. I thank you because Mm. now I know I'm more than someone that you can manipulate, manipulate. I'm Mm. more than someone that you can say, you know what? You, you stand in the corner. I'm going to do whatever I want. You can't talk to other men, but I'm going to talk to other women. You're right. Like that. Double standard. So I, I, yes. So I built off that and that was the turning point. That was in like 2013. That was wow. like my turning point of myself. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, I had to go to therapy for a little bit, but that's okay. Like of course I, it own, is. I own the therapy part too, because my therapist was the shit. I love awesome. her. 
Great. I'm, <laughs> so, I'm so yeah. glad you had a great therapist. And yeah, there's no shame in it whatsoever. It's called taking responsibility for your own shit. Yes. Right. And whatever that means, if you need therapy, if you need, you know, I, I shy away from pharmaceuticals, frankly, but yes, um, me too. Because, because they lead down a dangerous path of dependency and all sorts of other things, but we don't need to go into that direction right now. Um, but that's amazing that you, you were able to use that bad relationship as like a springboard into your own empowerment. Like yes. uh, there's so many other people probably listening, women especially right now, who might be going through something similar. Mm -hmm. What's some advice you might give them to if they are in a, a toxic relationship, how to find their mm -hmm. truth, how to find their power and really stand up and use their voice? So this is what I learned. Mm -hmm. I'm a sexual being. I, I love sex the, as much as the next person. And this relationship showed me that sex was my manipulator. Uh, sex wow. was the manipulator of myself like um so what he, you would use it to manipulate the other person or vice versa he would or manipulate both. me right he okay. would manipulate me with my sexuality because right. um it was well if you don't do this something that i didn't want to do if you don't do this then we're not going to have sex ever again and to me, wow. it connected sex with love, sex with relationships. And right. that's not how it works. That's no. to me, to me, that's not how it works for me. I don't associate sex with love and relationships. It's part of it, yeah. but it's not the number one thing. So he would manipulate me to mm. have, to do things I didn't want to do or to experiment a little too much. Mm -hmm. And sex is my driving factor in relationships at times where mm. that is the number one thing. And that's what I want to make sure that kind of women understand that sex is not your driver. Sex is mm. a part of your driver, but it's sure. not like the number one thing that you should fall back on. It's yeah. not, it, I mean, sex is something you give out of love and caring. You don't just give it freely. Mm. I mean, back in my twenties, I was just like, Hey, yeah, Cool. But, <laughs> but as I empowered myself, I just realized it's, it's a tool to love, but it's not your main tool to love. Mm. So mm. I think that's, um, that's where my strength comes from is not just suppressing my desires. I mean, I know my desires, but it's more like, it's not the number one, you know, that shouldn't be, Oh, I love him because we have, you know, great sex. Yeah. At least to me. You know, oh, but, for sure. But when you when it does connect with somebody, it does become number one because it's it's a healthy relationship. So mm -hmm. that's where I feel like women should know um, themselves stronger in that sense. Um, but also know that they're capable physically to do a lot more than what people expect of them mm -hmm. or standardize for them. Um, that's how I lived my whole life where my standard was my parents' standard, you know, yeah. and I think that that standard, you know, build your own standard, Yeah. build your own expectation for yourself, not from others because you can't control what other people do, but build your expectation for yourself and live for that and yes. live your truth that way. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, it says in your bio that you use your voice to bring about global change and awareness to disrupt the narrative surrounding the perception of women. I thought that was such a powerful phrase and statement. I wanted to ask you, in your opinion, what is the narrative surrounding the perception of women? Right so now? 
the narrative of women is we aren't capable of doing something because we're we're not men Mm. or we're trying to be men Mm. like when it comes to powerlifting i was like oh you know you're trying to lift like a man i was like no not really i'm trying to look for me and not compare myself to a man and i think the narrative right now at least like i think i know the narrative right now is a lot of perception is women are trying to be like men Mm. totally you know i i don't i don't really agree with that narrative because of if we were going to be like men we would be men Mm. but we are women and we mm-hmm. are so capable of so much more things than what has been driven in us, has been programmed in us since the caveman days. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's there's so much more to us. And I see a lot of the narrative right now where um, I actually jumped on a webinar a few months ago, and it was a webinar in Ireland. Mm. And their tagline was, uh, if she can't see it, she can't be it. And it was for young girls. And I feel like there needs to be more awareness Mm. of what women's sports are like, what women's sports are going through, you know, like the whole equal pay, you know, pay, if I'm going to play the sport, you know, we should get paid equally. Mm. So there's also that equality part that's still around since the 60s, 50s, you know, like way back in there. You know, like we want to make sure that that narrative is changing for the better because by the time I'm dead, I'm hoping that Susie, who is five years old, knows that there is opportunity for her, mm-hmm. that there is um, a support group for her, that she's not alone, that she has a group of strong-ass women that she can go back and forth on, even though some mm. women may not agree, but just as long as there is a network, a group that we have a, a support system, we, you know, one voice is loud, but a group of voices is louder. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, to have that camaraderie is very important. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, even, I mean, as a powerlifter, that's a big lesson that I've learned. You know, you may be the only person on the platform lifting your weight, but the people around you are supporting you and at, like cheering you on. And I feel mm. like that's what needs to be changed. We mm. need to support each other. We need to support the women in our lives. And, you know, we go through a lot. I mean, I mean, I don't have any kids, but I see I observe everyone else who has kids and and juggling so much stuff. And I'm like, mm. do you need help? Can I help you? Is there anything I can do? And that's, I, I feel like that camaraderie and that opportunity needs to be seen by not just us now, but like the upcoming generations as well. For for sure. And that's this resonates deeply for me because I have a 13-year-old daughter. And cultivating that sense of trust and empowerment in her from a very early early age that she can do and be and say anything she wants uh, mm-hmm. is super powerful. Mm-hmm. But I want to I want to come back to what you're talking about the the narrative because and just share some of my perspective because this is something I've thought a lot a lot about. Um, it's it's to me the it's a balance between masculine energy and feminine energy is ideally what we're looking for. And so because 
women traditionally over millennia have been so oppressed and so put down and so ostracized in a male dominated patriarchal society, the natural instinct you know, over the last 50 years and the rise of feminism is to empower the women. But like you said, it, that has manifest in some ways as women trying to be men. You know, and uh, examples I use are like uh, Hillary Clinton or Nancy Pelosi, like women who are winning at the male patriarchal game. But to me, that's not what we like, it, what we what the role of women is in an, a balanced society is to be fully embodied in their feminine and their power in their feminine, which has been suppressed by uh, a patriarchy who's terrified of the power of women. They know how powerful women are. Men mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. that's why they've put them down for so long. Mm-hmm. And so the question then becomes, okay, what is what does an, an empowered, strong, uh, uh, embodied woman look like and feel like? What do they do? How can they show up to be a, a, a powerful part of society? And that's a question I've asked a lot. And it's not necessarily behaving like a man, although you know, being successful in sports or in business, all the power to you. Absolutely. We need that as well. Um, but it's not, that's not the only path is what I'm trying to say. Right. You know? Right. And I think I, it just, just one more point is it, how this man, cause this manifests in the business world, the external world, but also in familial relationships and, and sexual relationships where there needs to be the balance between masculine and feminine and mm-hmm. both playing to e- each other's strengths, mm-hmm. right? Cause the masculine does have that sort of strong structured action oriented essence to it. And the, the female, Energy has more of a, a nurturing, creative, expansive, open, loving. And so those two balance together in a, a healthy individuals makes a beautiful whole. Right? Does that make sense? Correct. Yes. Yes. I want to add to the balance of that. Okay. And communication. Mm, huge. You know, it's huge to the point where, um, like, I, I want women to find their voice Mm. to be able to to say what they're feeling to say what they want to ask Mm. to know and um what's missing at least from what i'm i've like researched and seen what's missing is the communication the education um yes men will do men things women will do women things but Together, when there's a communication, when there's mm. that balance, um, when there's not that fear of asking yeah. and knowing, like, like guys are told to not feel anything. Right. Do not be emotional. You're not supposed yeah. to be emotional. But um, when there is the balance between the two where I can ask my husband, like, hey, how are you feeling? He'll tell me instead of just saying, I'm fine. Yeah. You know, that's, that's really important in communication. And that, I mean, I tell my husband, like, I can't read your mind, dude. I don't know what you, I don't know what you want. I don't know what you're feeling. Like when he's snapping at me and I'm just like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. You know, there's the, the idea of like sweeping things under the rug. Um, shouldn't, it shouldn't be a priority. Like talk about it. It may hurt, but there's that communication part. And for the feminine to educate the, the masculine and the masculine to educate the feminine, when you mm. find that balance in the communication, things can be worked through. Mm-hmm. It may not be the easiest conversation, but when you work through things, 
I think mm. the education goes both ways. Yeah. So, I mean, we can, like, I have to, like, I'm masculine as well sometimes. And For I sure. don't really have to stop myself. I'm like, you know what? He can do that. I'm, you know, I, yeah. I sometimes go, can you take out the garbage? And he's like, okay. And I'm like, oh, fine. I'll just do it myself. You know? And it's like, yeah. no, Larney, back off. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like the education. Um, for each other and the balance and communication. That's, that's really important. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's worth going a, a level deeper is where do these um, beliefs or programs come from in the first place? This is what we're programmed as children with, right? And so yes. there's, there's a societal, cultural belief system that's programmed into us at, at a very young age that needs to be questioned. Like, why are men not told to honor their emotions or express their emotions? You know, because it's been shown as a, a sign of weakness in the, in the business place, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or, mm -hmm. or in war or whatever, you know, whatever the, the context. But to me, especially from the perspective of men, if you aren't in touch with your emotions, able to express them and to use them to as um, a guidance system, then you are at a distinct disadvantage in the world now, I think. Yes. Right? That, yes. that, that idea that you shouldn't feel any emotions is antiquated and obsolete. Uh, and the same goes for on the, on the feminine perspective. Why are they not standing in their power? Why do they feel scared to use their voice? Because they've been taught that's their place in society. Mm -hmm. right? And so it's dismantling these belief systems that's been programmed into us, which is why it's so difficult to escape from. You know, yeah. for when you reach middle age, because you've been thinking and feeling this way your whole life. Yep. It's like now I have to, you know, and so that's uh, I honor each and every person, yourself included, who has the courage to do this work, to peel back the layers of the bullshit oh, yes. to get to the essence of who you really are and be it unapologetically. So yes. that's how I feel you embody that role model for women. And I love that. Yes. Thank you. It, it took a long time, but it, yeah. it's here and I am excited to share it with people because this is, I, I know I'm not the only one. No, I know I'm not course. the only one. And so, no. and especially being Asian at the same time, yeah. Oh, that's a totally different, Ew. that's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so awesome. An Asian female power lifter. That is so awesome. Yes. So empowering. Yeah. The whole, the whole breaking the mold thing, you know, we think Asian women are like the small, weak, you know, yeah. don't say anything. And then here I, I come and I'm just oh. like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, give me that weight, you know? So yeah, yeah, I, I totally embrace my strength and I'm, I'm, un I'm not ashamed of how strong I am. And, um, there's other women stronger than me, but yeah. when it comes to someone who has hidden it since 1999 yeah. and to bust out, I, it's amazing. And I yeah. feel so true in myself. And so, um, it just makes me happy. Like training right. makes me happy as some people are like, Oh my God, I got to go to the gym. I'm just like, okay, it's Wednesday. Gotta go train. But, um, you know, I enjoy it so much. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I think it's worth mentioning just going back to our previous, uh, dialogue about feminine and masculine energy. It is, possible for each sex to embody both of those energies. So you just mentioned that you embody a masculine energy and when you're lifting or doing other things, amazing. It doesn't have to be women only in feminine energy and men only in masculine energy. Both of us, every everybody has both energies at certain yes. times and one is more dominant. And so mm -hmm. there's no, mm -hmm. you know, 
I'm I'm a sensitive, emotional man, so I'm in touch with my feminine, but I'm also powerfully in touch with my masculine. I can get shit done. I can yes. be assertive. I can use my voice. And so within an individual, I think it's worth having both of them and being embodied in both of them to have that sense of balance within you. Yes, I totally, right? totally agree. Um, it's That's power, powerlifting for me. Like I, yeah. I, um, I think the perception, people think powerlifting, you should be more masculine. And here I come with my full makeup on and my hair awesome. up, you know, <laughs> I even you... spray some perfume on. That's okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, that's just how it is. You know, that's just God. how I am. That's how I embrace. How, that's how I balance both. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. It's how, God, she smells right. good lifting those weights. Yeah, that's right. And she's screaming as loud as she can because she needs to get that 400 off the ground, but she smells good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so awesome. And I, uh, one of the things you said earlier is it's an, and it's not necessarily a competition. You know, it, does, it doesn't matter how much weight the other person is lifting or if you want to be in competition, that's great too. But I think the fundamental impulse of evolution is to be better than you were yesterday, you know, just to be improving. Like I want to be a better person at the end of each day, you know, mm -hmm. just learning, mm -hmm. learning new things, growing, evolving. Yep. And so for me, that's what, what sports is for me now, rather than like, oh, I have to be better than the other person. I have to win at right. all costs. I think that's a toxic energy that's invaded sports, yes. right? Yes. And it's, it's the comparison factor. The comparison like we're, factor. We're, you know, yeah. we're comparing each other. Like, yeah, I can do this. You can't do that. And then yeah. let me post it on social media so everybody can see that I'm better than you. And yeah. I'm just like, no, that's that's not yeah. how it should be. We need to support each other. So, yeah. um, you know, your competition, your main competition is who you see in the mirror every morning. Totally. So it's like compete yeah. with yourself. Are you like how you said, are you better yeah. than yesterday? Yeah. And if you're not, you know, what are you going to change today or what are you going to tweak today? Yeah. Or add or something like that. But I just feel like it's, you, you know, you're really, I, I've learned that my, my competition is myself. Yeah. And I talk awesome. myself out of a lot of stuff. <laughs> so it's like, it's either yes or no, but right. it's so easy to talk yourself out of something. Cause then you, you're the one that puts the self doubt in yourself. You're the, mm -hmm. you know, and then it's like the rabbit hole of why, 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 why? So yeah. it's almost like you have to really understand that your competition is with yourself. Yeah. Do what you need to do for yourself. Yeah. Um, your standards are for yourself and yeah. comparing is, is not what do they say. The comparison is the thief of joy. Oh, I love that quote. So, it's so true. I do too. It's so true. <laughs> it's so true hey are you feeling lost frustrated angry about the state of the world but unsure what to do about it i get it the world is a pretty messed up place right now yet in these interesting times of shattered realities many people are using alcohol to escape and numb their feelings of anxiety dread and uncertainty i know i did it for years this is why I've made it my mission to support brave souls in mastering their inner world and finding a deeper sense of purpose. To that end, I created Reset 2020. Reset is a personal transformation mastermind group with the intention of resetting your relationship with alcohol and becoming the best version of yourself in an empowering, supportive online community. To check out more about Reset 2020 and to watch my masterclass video, head on over to go.patrickcooklife.com Com. Remember, cook is spelled with an E, C-O-O-K-E. So it's go 
DocPatrickCookLife.com. All right, now back to the show. So what are some of the practices that you use on a daily basis to stay sort of grounded, healthy, creative, in touch with your inner essence? So in the morning, I walk my dog. I'm very scheduled person. So awesome. when I walk my dogs in the morning, I talk to myself in the morning. Cool. I give what myself my what? affirmations. I awesome. give myself my pats on the back. Yes. Um, like today's affirmations were, okay, uh, all right, universe, I accept every gift you're giving to me today. Awesome. Yeah. Even though I it was only that. like 18 degrees where I'm at in the morning, which is, I love the cold, but like I accepted that today. And I usually say it like three or four times just so I can get that program mm. in me and already know that I'm going to start my day with a gift. Like today's gift was, even though I, I asked for you to come into my life, but like when I signed up and I asked to be on your show, it's like, Hey, this is a gift. You know, because yes. not everybody was just like, yeah, sure. Come on. Mm. You no, know? but like I accepted it as a gift. But also that word accept. I, I say that to myself um, probably like once or twice a day because it's like mm. I, I'm accepting myself. I'm accepting the gift that you're giving. Me. I, I would accept a compliment. I would never accept a compliment back in the day. Mm. Um, I had one of my teammates tell me like, oh, you're so great. I go, I know. <laughs> thank you good for you <laughs> you know it's like that yeah. accepting like if somebody is giving you an acknowledgement i feel like it's you're accepting it and saying thank you you're completing totally. the circle i mean the compliment comes around and you have to complete the circle yeah but also i've started um at the, probably the end of the day i do like a please and thank you mm. so i do like four or five like hey it's almost like preparing me for the next night. So mm. please, um, you know, give me the strength to write another 500 words for my book. Mm. Please give me um, some snow because I really want some snow. <laughs> please let my dogs be okay tomorrow. Like, like I'll say things like that. And then on the thank you side, I say, thank you for the snow that you've given me even though it's not as much as I wanted, but thank you for the snow that you're giving me. Yeah. Um, thank you for the words that I have on my paper now. It's it's like that appreciation, that gratitude mm, at the so end of important. the day. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's almost, um, it's closing my circle for the day. I say yeah. my please for, for that's coming up and I thank you universe mm. god you know my belief system like i thank you for everything that you thank you for the toast that you gave me this morning mm. you know because yeah. it's, it's like there's there's so many other things that i could be like oh i don't have this i don't have that but really there's a lot more that other people don't have yes and it, it's appreciating what i have totally and i don't want more I mean, I do want more. I take that back. I do want more, but in a different sense. But mm. like for things, like I don't want more. Mm. But I just think what I have now, I'm in a warm house, things like that. And mm. it's that circle. And it, it's it's that, I mean, I guess it's that pattern system I have in my head, you know, like be thankful, ask for things. And that, that keeps me going. That keeps mm. me knowing who I am and knowing that I have stuff to do, that I have a purpose. 
Mm. So it sounds like um, this wasn't always the case for you. Like you weren't always in touch with gratitude and your your inner self, and you had to no. overcome these beliefs. So I'm I'm curious because I think this is I want to make the podcast as practical as possible for people who might be resonating with what you're saying, be stuck in their old patterns and their old beliefs mm-hmm. and looking to break free. Like, how did you do it? How do you break three of those old belief systems like imprinted from your parents or your authority figures, you know, that you're not yes. allowed to play sports, for example, like, how do you get over that? So I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm a rebellious person. I, and love I was it. a rebellious yeah. child. Right. <laughs> but the way I broke out of these standardized patterns that have been ingrained in me. Um, my first step was I took, I took my inner inventory. Okay. What does that mean? I, it, I had to face what my cultural expectations were. Mm, I really had to understand them because I, you know, you just sweep them under the rug and you don't really understand them. And then they creep out from under the rug and you're like, well, why is it, why are you creeping back out? Mm. And that that really started the change in me. Besides the fact after that bad that bad relationship is like I had to really understand like where did I come from? Mm. As an immigrant, like I came from the, I was born in the Philippines, moved to the States. It's like I had to learn like why I am why I am the way I am. Mm. And that inner inventory was like my culture my family, um, my money fears, Mm. who, who was around me? What was in my environment? What, uh, what, what is it that's holding me back? So like I had to kind of do that, Mm. um, that mental inventory of those, those anchors. Like I had those anchors. It's like, I want to move forward. I want to move forward. But those were like the things that were holding me back and not letting Mm. me move forward. And once I addressed it to myself, it was almost like, cut it. Yeah. Cut the anchor, cut that, cut that. And I know that there's people in my life that are always going to be in my life, but there's also people that were in my life that should not be in my life. Mm, yes. And those are the anchors I had to cut. But and I also had to seek the people I wanted in my life. Mm. I my mom was strong. She was a strong woman um when it comes to like taking care of the family, um helping out financially with my dad, you know, everything like that. But then where what was missing for me? I had to understand what was missing for me and my that part was fitness. That mm. part was understanding that I had the strength, that I needed an outlet for it. And it like built upon that. Like all these bricks of my fortitude were like, boom, 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 mm. boom. And that's how I kind of broke my pattern. Mm. It's like, we're, we're so used to doing the pattern, ABC, you know, ABC, ABC, ABC. Like, yeah. it, it, you know, you have to break the pattern. You have to put a mm. roadblock there to go around it because you have to analyze it. Oh, and I love this. That's a big I think that's a big part of growth. Yeah. A big part of inner growth. It's it's you have all these, you know, walls put up. Mm-hmm. But you it's like you're protecting everybody from seeing who you are, but what about if you broke a hole in the wall and saw what was out there? Mm. And there was something out there you're like, "Oh, I want to try that." 
you know, you pull down the wall and you go that way. Yes. So I think there's that, that protective factor that we've had that I've had for, for a long time. And once I kind of like took one little hole and like peek through it, I was like, I want more of that. Mm. I want more of that. I want to do more of that. I know I can do more of that. Yes. So it, it's and telling yourself that you're capable. Um, I called it the shoulda, woulda, couldas. Oh, right. I should have done this. I could have done this. I would have done it this way. It's like, <laughs> how about saying, I will do it. Um, I'm able to do it. And if I don't know how to do it, I'm going to ask how to do it. Yes. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh, this, <laughs> you're, you're, you're speaking my language. Everything you just said is <laughs> uh, like gaining clarity about, you know, and cultivating self-awareness. Uh, taking yes. inventory is how you described it. Taking inventory. So, mm-hmm. so, so important. And then the metaphor you used about building um first of all, breaking down the walls and then building it back up. This Mm -hmm. is how I sort of describe my transformation is like, I had to break down everything, like my career, my relationship, my self sense of identity, my relationship with money, everything of that I'd built up or that I thought I was supposed to be doing. It's like, wait a minute, this is not who I really am, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I had to break down everything and that's the scary part that's why people don't yes, do it that's why people because they, don't do it. Yep. they get to middle life and they're like they've built this identity and this this sense of self but they're miserable mm-hmm. and that triggers a lot of um midlife crises as well yes. it's like holy shit you know yes. I've, I've built yes. this facade of a person i'm miserable and it's not really me i don't know what to do about it so i'm just going to continue on yeah right and so that leads to depression and addiction and shit but if you have the courage to take inventory, gain clarity, and then to start to reprogram some of those old beliefs that are no longer working to ones that are more empowering, mm-hmm. then you're building the foundation of the, who you truly are, which is right. really what this work is about. So exactly. well said. Yep. Yeah. So you, you mentioned earlier about uh, a connection to higher being or higher mm-hmm. source or God. Would you mind describing what that means to you? What is sure. your connection? So I... I... I say godly universe or, you know, it's like somebody said, like, you got to pick one or the other. It's either God or the universe. So I kind of just mesh them together. Yeah. Why do you I, have to pick? Because why do I have to pick? And you don't have to um, pick. God is in the universe. Universe is around me. God is around me. So why can't I? They're the same thing to me. Choose, yeah. To me, it's, it's like, just, okay, I say It's it. just a label. Yeah. yeah. And my belief, like I, I just feel like my belief in that higher power, um, it's me connecting with an energy that I can't feel or I can't see, sorry. You know, it's this energy that I can't see it. It's all, it's like the imperfect faith. Mm. You know, we have this faith. We, it's something we hope for, but we want the visual, uh, a visual like proof of faith, Mm. but really it's like the wind. You know, you mm. kind of see, you feel the wind, you see the wind and the leaves rustling, but wind is invisible mm. and you just know it, you know, it's there, you feel it at times. And I feel like that's where my connection to the world is. Like, mm. I want people to feel my energy from across the the virtual world. I want people to feel my energy when I walk into the room. Yeah. And that is my connection to the world. That is my mm. connection to the universe. That's my addition to the universe is 
pushing out as much as my positive energy as I can. Yes. Because there's so much negativity and it's so easy to default to the negative. If I can push out as much as my positive energy as I can, I will do it. And yes. I want my neighbor from across the street to feel it. You know, right. like I I want my neighbor who it's funny because I was walking my dog in the summer. I started walking my dog outside at the same time. And there was this lady walking around with her mask on. And I just said, hello. That was my energy to her was a hello. Mm. And um, we ended up becoming good friends. Awesome. Yeah. You know, cool. And that's, that's what I feel like. That's what the energy is. That's what my connection to yeah. the universe is because I want my energy we're we're socially distancing but i still want you to know that i honor you yeah i um i respect you i you know if something if you were to fall i want to help you so mm. there there's that connection to the universe for me mm. you know it may yeah. not be like may not be in a 4000 year old book but it's you know like it's something that i believe in that my connection in my universe and my feeling is something that I just added to the universe. Mm. Oh, so. I love it. Thank you for that. Uh, I totally do. I totally agree with it, It's a, it's an energy. It's a feeling, mm -hmm. right? And when we are up in our minds, up in our egos, we get so distracted by all the noise of the day-to-day -day life and, all the shit, the, the uh, stories that we're telling ourselves in our head. There's so much noise and distortion that we can't tune into that energy. So for mm -hmm. me, meditation is a huge, um, a huge tool that I use to sort of calm the noise in my mind so I can tune into that energy and feel it. And then, mm -hmm. I, then you can begin to operate from that energy. Like you're going, well, your dog, you're in that energy. You say hello, the other person feels it. Yes. Right? If you if you're out there walking your dog and you're in your head, you're closed off. You maybe you don't say hello. Yes. You know, and that and that's the difference. Exactly. Right? So when you're embodied in that energy, um, yeah. And so for me, it's 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 um, it's like a collective consciousness. It's source energy that's all around us at all times, and being becoming aware, like you said, of what are what am I contributing to that energy? Yes. You know, is it negativity? Is it doubt? Is mm -hmm. it fear? Is it scarcity? You know, within a lot of these things, most people live in those energies, right? And so yes. the more people that are contributing that energy to the collective, that's what becomes the collect dominant in the collective, right? So yes. uh, for me, in order to change the world, it's very important for each of us to take responsibility for what energy we're contributing to that collective, right? Yes. So that, that's exactly. why this work as individuals is so important. We've been taught that we're powerless as individuals. I think that's bullshit. I yeah. think we're all incredibly powerful. And the more of us that realize come together. it, we come together as a collective yes. and start to then the dominant energy becomes one of expansiveness, abundance, love, mm -hmm. cooperation, rather than scarcity, fear, competition, greed, yes. profit, right? Right. And so exactly. that's that's why as soon as I, I saw your brand and you reached out to me, I'm like, hell yeah, she's coming on the show. I love your vision <laughs> and your vibe. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, Larni Mulvey, this is so much fun. So I just I'll, just a couple more questions for you before yeah. I let you go. Um, one of the questions I love to ask my guests is what is your definition of success and how has it changed over time? Ooh, that's a good one. Right? <laughs> yes. That's a good one. I guess I have a few different definitions. So okay. business-wise, my definition of success 
is putting my sister on a payroll, on my payroll. Cool. Because awesome. it's, it's just her and I. Right. My, my parents are deceased. So that's like one of my business like successes. Like, oh, when I could put my sister on a payroll system and work for me, that's awesome. Cool. Um, that I'm that. like, I've, I've hit it big. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to business, like my, my vision of success is having my um, women's strength initiative thrive. Mm. That's the, there's so, there's a big umbrella for it, but like, I really want to have that um, network of, Hey, you know what? I want to bring in the understanding of what strength does for a woman Mm. and bringing that into either a gym or a talk or something like that, where that access to education, the access Mm. to picking up a barbell is there. Mm. And that to me is like one of my successes, but also for me, like personal success is that my legacy lives on after I die. Mm. I may never know it when I die, but like the legacy when someone is saying, you know what, um, Larney, I went to one of Larney's classes or courses or something, and she taught me that there's so much more to me than my body. Awesome. That there is a voice that I have um, that can be used for good. Right. Yeah. So those are like my like small successes. I guess they're small in my mind, but a legacy is something huge. But like those are the things I want people. It's like I want to be known for. Beautiful. Um. But like, if I'm talking about like other successes, I want my eight acre land somewhere where <laughs> my house is in the middle, and I die in that house and nobody knows. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Like that is like, Ooh, I'm, I'm so, so successful that I can have this eight, 10, whatever acres. And you have to take, you know, the dirt road to my house or, uh-huh. Hey, has anyone seen Larnie in like five days? Nope. Okay. Let's go check up on it. And I'm like, you know, sitting, <laughs> sitting with my cup of coffee that's been in my hand for five days. Nice. You know, like, like those are, it's a good way to go. <laughs> those are like my <laughs> vision of success. I mean, like I, I mean, yeah, I could do the whole fame and money thing as well, but it, it, that's, that's like a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bonus. But like, as, as long as I can leave a positive imprint on the world, I will do that. that mm. That's, that's my idea of success. Like, let me leave my courage to the next generation. Let me leave that support system to the next generation. Let me have, Mm. let me be able to talk to somebody so they don't try to kill themselves because, you know, they Mm. were going through something, Mm. you know, like those, those to me are successes where I want to help that one person, but I want that one person to help the next person. Mm. So I have a, I I call it a positivity forest. (laughs) Like I awesome. want, I want the seed of positive. Everyone has the seed of positivity in them. I want yeah. to be the water to let them bloom so they can take it and then plant their own forest and so forth totally. and so forth. And it, you know, mm. brings that positivity forest to light. So I, that's what I my- love that. <laughs> yes. I love that. I want to be the water too. I am the water. I am the water. You are the water. <laughs> 
But I love what you said about um, your legacy and, and passing it on to future generations, because that comes back to what we were just talking about. It's not just about you. It's not just about your ego and your profit and your fame and your you know material mm-hmm. uh, possessions in this lifetime. It's about creating an energy that contributes to the collective that goes beyond you and this lifetime that contributes positively to humanity moving in yes. a positive direction. Yes. So that's that's a beautiful, beautiful way to articulate it. Thank you for that. You mentioned a book. You're working on a book? I am. I am working on a book. It's called Standing in Strength, Find the Power Within. It's, nice. Um, I haven't really like said too much about it just because you're the first person. You're the first person awesome. to hear about it. Well, you're launching it right now <laughs> into the universe. <laughs> into the universe. Um, so it's, it, it's a collective of stories of women's strength. Um, awesome. It's... Uh, we talk about that how how did our sport or how did what we've learned in our sport intertwine into our lives and mm. how are we helping the community or the people cool. around us that way awesome. so there's um there's seven seven women right helping me with this book and um every story is different mm. um and it's relatable because there's stories about bullying there's stories about um, you know, the self-worth, understanding your self-worth. Mm. And how did you find that strength? Like when you asked me earlier, how did I find it? That my, yeah. my courage, like, like I, I, I don't want women to feel that they're alone yeah. and to have these other women telling their story that's relatable. I want, it, it's an example. It's almost like an example, like, okay, this book is going to be something I could turn to page whatever and see so-and-so write about the story and like, okay, now I could go apply for that job. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you know, so beautiful, empowering. It, yes. It's an empowering book. And it's like the first series, um, of the standing and strength, uh, vision that I have. And, uh, I'm hoping like my, the next version of the standing and strength is more the males. Like I want to get cool. some more males talking about how a woman is, uh, you know, is a big influence mm. in your life, and you know, how did you honor her as well? Mm. So it, it's it's kind of a collective book right now, and it's coming out March thirteenth, twenty twenty one. So um, after wow. I get off this, I gotta write some more words. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, awesome. that's kind of that's that is um, the collective of this book and the the direction like I just continually I want to have people have more visual of what a woman can do yeah that's part of changing the narrative it's not just like hearing but like I want them to see it and say yeah oh, okay all right cool so that's that's really um I'm adding to that voice I'm adding amazing voice with that book amazing such powerful work Larnie thank you so much all right, last question for you, and this one is uh, a doozy. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, so if you were to take all of your experiences and your knowledge and the wisdom that you've gained and distill them down into one message or one sentence, what would it be? Oh, this is a great one. This, I, all right. I, I've had this in my head for, for forever. <laughs> it's um, cry in strength instead of struggle. Ooh. Because... Wow. The struggle, we've cried through our struggles. We have tr- cried out loud for help. We have cried to ourselves, like, why, 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 why? 
use use your tears as a strength cry. Mm. You know, as as a wolf cries out loud for mm. hey, my family is out there, I need help, you know, it's like that mm. the signal. Mm. Like cry in strength instead of struggle mm. because it's we need to know that our struggles can define us and hold us back. But when we use it as a strength, we learn from it and move forward. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Larnie Mulvey. What an honor it is and has been to drop in with you today and to help you share your message because it's so um, powerful and so necessary right now what you're doing. So thank you for the work you're doing in the world. You want to let my pleasure. Do you want to let uh, people know where they can find you online? So um, my website is larnymulvey.com. It's very rough. Let's just say it's a very rough website. But you can see <laughs> a little bit more about me on there. Um, on Instagram, I'm at larnymulvey, where I post some of my training videos. So, so it's more of not not a training tip, but like, hey, I could do it. You can too. Um, but a lot of information about me um, and what's coming up next is on Instagram at larnymulvey.com. Or sorry, at larnymulvey on Instagram. Um, on Facebook, I'm Larny Eliza. I haven't changed my my last name to Mulvey yet, so Lardy Eliza. <laughs> but that's those are the ways that you can find me. So awesome, and I'll put all those links in the show notes for people to reach out to you and continue your beautiful work. Thank you so much for your time today, Larny. Thank you for having me. It was fun. My pleasure. Okay, have a fabulous day. Thanks you too. Ciao. Bye bye. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, rate, and review. For more information and show notes, head on over to being-podcast.com. We'll see you next time. And remember, live your being.